0: Hi, I'm Dr. Jane Leonard, I'm a GP and cosmetic doctor and this is The Confidence Clinic. Every week I'm going to be sitting down with different guests to talk about their life story. We're going to talk about how they got to where they've got, the challenges they've overcome along the way and how confidence has played a role in their journey. Today I've got super talented tattoo artist Jay Hutton joining me. Jay is best known for hosting TV show Tattoo Fixers. (laughs)
1: growing up i never thought about getting tattoos never thought about wanting to be a tattoo artist it never entered my mind not even about having one do you not um, really hurt i think it really hurts yeah <laughs> <laughs> i might be tattooing someone's child who's passed away and i don't feel an ounce of pressure not a single ounce i feel like i could do it with my eyes closed if it was possible my dad passed away a couple of years ago yeah. and i think that that's like the worst thing that's ever happened to me that changed my life you know i've had mm-hmm. so much good things happen i've had such a great life and I've had so much success and I've also had some really shit dark things happen in life you know you can have all the success in the world that doesn't make your life perfect I just don't quit never is
0: there anything that you regret Hi guys, welcome to the Confidence Clinic. Today I've got super talented tattoo artist Jay Hutton joining me. Jay is best known for hosting TV show Tattoo Fixers Mm -hmm. and more recently you were a judge on Tattoo Artists of the Year. Yeah. And he also has his own tattoo studio. So thanks for joining me. Thanks for having me. No problem. (laughs) So kicking things off, let's rewind a bit to your childhood. Yeah. Tell me what little Jay was like.
1: (laughs) um little jay um well i've always been like a, a happy person like like i've always been i would had a really good childhood so my mum and dad were great it was me my mum and my, my dad and my brother and um yeah we've been really tight forever so we grew up in um a little cul-de-sac in Abigailia, north wales yeah um my mum and dad actually didn't didn't have a lot of money they worked so hard like my dad used to sing like seven nights a week and my mum just worked in like cafes and pubs, yeah. like cleaning toilets and stuff like that. So yeah. they really struggled for money, but we never saw that. So I never felt like we ever didn't have much. We always had like enough. Um, but it was the way we were brought up. We were brought up to appreciate, appreciate everything we had. Um, yeah, so, and I just had a really great childhood. I can't, I, I think, you know, as I've got older, I've realised that not everyone has that same, yeah. that same thing.
0: And it's funny, isn't it? We get obsessed with like the things that you think make you happy or make everything perfect when you're little, or you think you're going to be a parent. What you actually need to do that, but actually, it's doing the well—not the basics, but like that's what's important. the values and what you kind of brought up.
1: Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I think you know my, like I said, my dad used to sing seven nights a week, so he was out at night, so my mum and dad were there in the day, and like my mum had a part-time job doing like the cafe and stuff like that. So we were always together. So they were around all the time. And, you know, a lot of people don't have that luxury, do they, where yeah. one parent might be away more than the yeah. other and stuff like that. So we had a lot of time together. In it, and I think that's really moulded us as, you know, people, because we spent both enough yeah. time with my mum and my dad, yeah. you know. So it was really good. So I think that's really helped shape who we are as people and who, like, yeah. the men me and my brother have become as well.
0: So do you grow up in that area and kind of stay in that area?
1: Yeah, so I've been there my whole life until about five years ago. I moved to Chester, okay. but yeah, that's where I'm from. So my mum and dad had the same house for
0: yeah the
1: last, well, my whole life really. And then um, people know more. I say I'm from Abingalee, but when I tell people, I say real because yeah, I know that. you know exactly. So if you're from the northwest, you, you'll know real yeah, yeah. more than Abingalee. So and I used to hang around right the real a lot. So yeah, that's where I've grown up all my life. So and even now when I go back there, it still feels like home even though I've created the life in Chester as well.
0: So when you were little, do you say that you were quite a confident kid or you're shy? No. How do you describe yourself?
1: No, I was shy, very shy, like really, yeah. I wouldn't say I was confident at all, really, when I was a kid. Um, yeah, so I used to just go home from school and just draw all night till I went to, till I went to bed. I never used to go out with friends and stuff like that, so yeah. I was quite, I would say probably when I was really young, I was quite introverted, really. Um, so, yeah, but I suppose in my in like my long term, that's helped me with my drawing because that's all I did every yeah. night, um, but as I got older, I got more confident and stuff, but um that's through just through life experience yeah. and your situations you go through and you know and confidence is built, isn't it? you know, you build your confidence cool. yeah, through, yeah, the, yeah. The, through the things you go through, so yeah,
0: did you know you had a talent for art then
1: yeah, so that's funny, actually, because I wasn't confident when I was a kid, but I was very confident in being able to draw, but I wasn't like an outward spoken kind of confidence. I was, I just, it was like an internal thing. I always just knew I was really good at art, but I didn't know I was good at drawing. So I went to school and realized that people couldn't draw. Yeah. I, I can't draw. Well, yeah. Not I, at all. So that was like baffling to me when yeah. I was in school. I I just, people just say, oh my God, look at what you've drawn. I used to think, mm, yeah, can't you do that? Like, And I just realized that no one else could do it. And then when I realized that, some of the people who were getting credit for being good artists, I used to think I could do that with my eyes closed. Like I used to think I'm well better than you, but like it was all, in my head. I was yeah. never like cocky or anything like that. But yes, yeah, so I was. I was always confident in that without needing anything to build me up for it. Um, so yeah, I don't know. Did
0: your parents encourage you? Did they see yeah. your talent? Yeah.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. My mum, and dad. I would say that's again where where my confidence grew from was my mum and dad. Um. Like, even, like, when we were growing up, my dad always used to say stuff to me, like, you know, you're special, you are, and stuff like that. And just from really young ages and stuff like that, you know, and he used to say that to me and my brother and stuff. So, you know, and the thing is, my dad was, was like, my hero, so anything my dad said, i believe it. You know, like, so if he could have said, if he have told me I could walk on water, I'd (laughs) believe I could, you know? So I think that's where it, like, sort of started all from. And then, you know, because I kept hearing these things... From the people you look up to the most. Yeah, Yeah, it just grew and grew from there. But I'm not a cocky person at all. No, not at all. Um, I'm just confident in who I am. Yeah.
0: That's amazing about your dad doing that because it is those little things before you know it kind of just like infiltrating into your brain at that young age. So you kind of have that understanding of yourself actually growing and developing. It's
1: true. And you know what? It's funny actually because it's only now as I'm older I realise these things of what my dad was doing really because I can remember being, I don't know, less than, I must've been around seven, like it was some of my earliest memories. And I remember my dad sitting sitting me down once and saying, and he was he was an intense character at times. And um, and I didn't know what drugs were or anything like that. And I remember him sitting me down and saying to me, and he'd look me in the eyes he and he'd be like, if you ever take drugs or you even try drugs, I'll disown you. Really? Right, yeah. And I remember thinking I didn't I even know drugs. <laughs> yeah, I was oh really young, God. yeah. And I remember thinking, being fucking like, oh fucking, I don't want drugs. Like yeah, I, don't, I didn't even know about? what they were. Yeah, but what happened was because I was so young and my mind was so like you know influential at that point, easily influenced. Sorry, um, it stuck with me forever. So when the time came where later on in my life where I was around people who took drugs yeah. and did stuff, it was a, just a no for me. Yeah. Like I, it was never something I ever thought about doing. I never thought I want to try it. You know, it just instantly to me was seen as a subconsciously was a bad thing. Yeah. And so I always said, no, 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 never. And so I never got involved so in it. So he that.
0: never even kind of was like, oh, maybe it was just like... No, it was that, instant, that be, no. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, was,
1: it, was a, it was a non-negotiable for me. So like, and, it, and I know now when I look back as an older man, like I, I realised what he was doing and it, what he was doing was setting those things in place so that I wouldn't yeah. go down and fall into that trap that people yeah. do take, end up taking really, drugs. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So he was just instilling these like things into me and my brother when when we were very young. And I just think yeah, that was the right way to do it because yeah, it's made me like that.
0: And also it's that bit in your mind or as the mind of a child when your brain is quite malleable when you're still learning things. Yeah. It's just, you get these, it's like recurrent messages and once it's in your mind, the same way, way as the way he's supporting you, yeah. he's supporting your talent and kind of yeah. like, not in a way to make you big headed, just know so that you know yeah. you're special, you've got something that other people don't have. Yeah, yeah, that's, amazing. that's
1: exactly what it was like and you know, my mum was the same. And then yeah, so it just it just grew from there. That's where my confidence, I'd say, started off.
0: And at school, um, did you enjoy school?
1: Yeah, did enjoy school. Yeah, can't lie, I did enjoy it. Um, there's ups and downs with school when yeah, um, cool. everyone goes, isn't there? But um, yeah, no, I enjoyed school overall. It was a good experience for me. And like, I don't, I think I enjoyed my last year, like everyone does, as, as much as uh, more than any, to be honest. But then I stayed on to sixth form because I didn't really know what I wanted to do. Yeah. So I just stayed on and I just bummed about a little bit, really. I was just... I and what
0: were you up, doing but... in sixth form? Sixth form's A-levels, isn't it? Yeah,
1: yeah. So uh, I did uh, media, drama, because that was a bit of fun. You just get yeah. this about. Um, I did psychology for a little bit. Um, what else did I do? Oh, media studies as well. Um, yeah, but I dropped the psychology after a while, which I wish I'd never did, really, because I'm well into all that yeah. now. But I think that then I was only like 17, 16, 17, so I have I just didn't have the capacity, I don't think, in my brain to stick with it. Yeah. Um, So, yeah, and I just did that. I didn't really know. Again, I didn't know what I was going to do. And I remember, like, all my friends and stuff were like, their plans were to go off to university and do that stuff. But I just never really... I wasn't an academic person like that, really. I was just... And I thought, I can't see myself Mm -hmm. going to uni. And if it was, it would be to piss about again. And I don't want to just... Blow my life away yeah. by messing about while I'm there, not getting anything done.
0: Yeah, it's funny, actually, because at that age, um, I remember that quite well, actually. When you're 17, yeah. you've got to make massive decisions that you've got to... Like, if you're going to go to uni, stick to this. Like, in my case, like, six years down the line. Yeah. And, actually, if that's not right for you, and yeah. you've done many things you can't sometimes move forward without yeah. getting... It, it's quite... And yeah. At 17, when we don't know, really, yeah. what, what you're going into or no. how much you want to do it.
1: Absolutely, yeah. um, Yeah, I... I I had no idea at all what I was going to do. So, yeah, for those c- couple of years, I mean, I, this is what I enjoyed because I was just having fun. I was like, it was almost like I became a free spirit. I didn't know what I wanted to do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. didn't was around the corner. It was just winging it, basically. Did so, you have yeah. loads of friends? Uh Yeah, I've got like my, my closest mates are still like my my best mate was all my best mate through the whole of school. Like he lives five doors down from me now. We're still best mates. Um So I've always had. Like, my number ones, and then I've made friends over the years, yeah. and then, you know, some, some friends come and go, and it's just one of them, isn't it?
0: So let's talk about tattoos. Yeah. So how, how did all that come up? When did you get your first tattoo?
1: 18. That's that, the legal age. Yeah. So... did you
0: want to get it as soon as you'd kind of crossed over that line?
1: Do you know what? I never... I, growing up, or anything like that, I never thought about getting tattoos. I never thought about wanting to be a tattoo artist. It never entered my mind, not even about having one. And then uh, my, my brother had one. He was... He, he was a bit more rogue than me back in the day. <laughs> so, like, I was influenced by him because he's my older brother. I used to look up to him and stuff like that. So he'd do, he'd do the stuff first that, you know, even my dad didn't want us to have tattoos. We didn't like him. So then Dan went and secretly had one. And I was like, oh, my God, you know, that looks cool. And so, yeah, I, I didn't have one um, until I actually started tattooing. Even when I got the apprenticeship, I didn't have oh, one. Oh, really? Yeah, I didn't even have one then.
0: So you weren't one of these people who loved tattoos and then no. wanted to pass on?
1: no. Not at all. I literally, I literally, yeah, Like I I just literally could draw Thought saw Miami and thought tattooing was cool and wanted to do that. And then once I got the apprenticeship, I thought, yeah, I've never got, I don't even know what it feels like. And the guy actually said to me, he was like, you know, you're going to have to have a tattoo before you tattoo anyone else. And yeah, because like, it's
0: you. Yeah, it's like do me sh- doing botox, yeah. and I don't. I've got a wrinkly foreheads. They're not going like it. <laughs> <laughs> They're not though.
1: <laughs> no, but the the thing is as well, you don't know what you're going to put someone through. You don't even know what pain you're putting them through. You need yeah. to experience it. So, um, yeah. So, yeah. what was your first one? first one was uh, I had a tattoo machine. It was a, some artwork off the wall, which was a tattoo machine, and it was made out of money. It was a little bit gangster and a bit cool at the time. I thought it was cool, so I got that. On your um, leg? On my leg, yeah. I started on my legs. And to be fair, they. one of the things I had to do was practice on myself as well. So, God. yeah, and I remember him saying to me, you know, if you want to be a tattoo artist, you've got to sacrifice a leg. And I was like, Shit. Like, oh, I mean, I've, I've sacrificed more than that. like I'm covered in shit now. <laughs> I'm covered in absolute shit from head to toe, pretty much. Like all my tattoos are a bit naff, but do you know what? I don't even regret it. Like I don't, yeah, I don't even like. People say, "Do you not? Are you bothered?" And I'm like, "No, I'm not bothered at all." Because it's like, yeah, it's like if you have a birthmark, you just don't even. You don't even yeah. think about it. These—they're just part of me now. They're and
0: just... actually, it's part of your journey to get used to where you've got. Exactly. It's not like when people have done something where it's yeah. massively—they massively regret it. Yeah, no.
1: Um. All yeah. right. So you
0: know. So you've just got loads of them. they are just like <sighs> memories of what just like just stuff going wrong or just like not
1: going wrong. No, it's just like I think it. You know, my personal thing is that I don't really. I think they should make the age you get a tattoo a bit older because you're a different person from 18 to 28, Yeah. you know? So the tattoos I got when I was 18, I wouldn't have now. I'm 33, I wouldn't have them now. But, you know, they're so permanent. So, yeah, I just think you you change a lot. So And so it's not that I don't like them or they're that bad. It's just that they're not me really anymore. So, but, you know.
0: Do any of them stand for, like, any memories or specific things? I know, like many people probably come to you and that's the reason why they're getting them done. Yeah. But if you were just kind of, I want to use words messing about, but obviously you weren't, but like yeah. practice on yourself, yeah. maybe that's not the things you'd be doing. No,
1: so it, no, practice on yourself. Unless you're in, the, if you're an apprentice in a studio, practice on yourself is pretty much, You I mean, you've got to do it. It's this like, it's almost like a ritual. Like <laughs> if I had an apprentice at my shop, they're, they're practicing something on themselves. Definitely. It's just got to be do you done. not really hurt? I think it really hurts, yeah.
0: I think it probably hurts more if you're doing it on yourself.
1: Well, uh, yeah, well, it's, I always say, it's, it's almost like a form of self-harming, isn't it? Like, you're actually just hurting yourself, aren't you? So, but there's been a few that I've thought, when I before I'd done them on myself, I thought, yeah, this won't be that bad. Like, I wrote uh, my studio name on my stomach and I thought it won't be that bad. And as soon as I did the first line on it, I was like, <laughs> I was like oh my God, that was well worse than what I thought it was going to be. And um,
0: How do you do that? I've like, stood
1: up, so I'm stood up, and I'm just stretching the skin, and then.
0: Oh uh, which way? Just... He, well, how do you know you're writing it the right way? Well,
1: I put the stencil on, so to me it's upside down, but to you,
0: yeah, okay, it reads
1: right. So, but so I'm just following the lines, really. That's basically.
0: how you do it, then put the.
1: Yeah. So yeah, so I did the first line and thought, "Fucking, Allah, it's way more than I thought it was going to be." And basically, if I was to do this tattoo on anyone else, it would have took me the whole thing to to line it, power line it, shade it in. Would probably take me about. <laughs> 45 minutes to an hour max. This took me two and a half hours just to outline it, and two years to shave oh it in. My god. <laughs> I just couldn't do it. I just didn't have the bottle to do it. And then I eventually did it. Were you just it.
0: walking around with like a half-written word? No,
1: the word was there. It was outlined, but I just okay. didn't shape it in <laughs> and make it look good for, for two years. <laughs> oh my god! So yeah, yeah, it was a it was a long process. But I mean, I've done it to myself loads of times, loads of times.
0: So. How did Tattoo fixes come about?
1: So, okay, so it's a bit of a a a bit of a long story, so I'll try and keep it as short as possible. So I opened my shop when I was 21, and I'd already been at a tattoo shop for three years before that. And when I was moving to this new area, which was about an hour away, I was starting from scratch. My reputation was back home in North Wales, not in Ellesmere Port. Right, okay. So I had to start from scratch. So my, in my head, I was thinking, how can I... Make this different to every other tattoo shop. What can I? How can I make myself stand out? So um, I knew my work was good. So that was that was that was already there. But I thought I want to make myself stand out as a tattoo artist. And I noticed that there were some tattooists at the time. We were tattooing celebrities, and they were getting so much recognition. People going to them, and I was thinking, I can tattoo better than that. And like, yeah. but they're getting a lot of recognition just by the person. I wasn't you know. jealous or anything. I just thought I could do that, you know, in some way. So so at the time i was um twitter had not long come out and when obviously when when i was young like if you wanted to speak to a celebrity you had to write them a letter you know <laughs> whereas on twitter <laughs> on twitter like if someone had a blue tick and they they tweeted something you could literally comment and they might see it you know reply yeah to comment. so i just thought well so if i reply to that person they might see my work you know so i just i used to just spam the shit out of every celebrity like no matter what they wrote online if it was like eating food today, whatever, I'd reply to it and put tattoos by Jay Hutton and follow me and I'd p- put pictures of my work on it and I used really? to just spam everyone and I used to think they'll either follow me or block me. So anyway, long story short, loads of them followed me and a couple blocked me but um, what ended up happening, I ended up tattooing a couple of celebrities so at the time I tattooed a lad He was on Geordie Shore at the time and when these people came to my shop, I got pictures with them, got pictures of me tattooing them my local paper then like yeah. took pictures of it so when the, it would go out in the local paper, it'd say like, celebrity tattooist, I'd take a picture of that, I'd put that on the internet and just keep doing that and I just kept the same thing and then more and more celebrities kept coming to me. So then I was known as like this celebrity tattooist like in my area and I used to tell celebrities. So I started building like a a reputation for myself and I just kept the momentum going. Long story short, as a result of that, I got noticed for Tattoo Fixers.
0: Right.
1: And then they approached me on Twitter.
0: So it's that same way of kind of using social media platforms yeah. to kind of showcase your work, Absolutely. show who's doing it, get them to speak about it. Yeah. Well, you were you one of the first people to do it, really? Yeah. Because now it's so common. But yeah. If anything, now it's something that um, it probably doesn't get the same recognition as what... No, because
1: back then, like I said, like it, it was a new thing that the Twitter thing and having celebrities yeah. with a blue tick was just like, oh, my God, you, they might see something you write. So it was a new thing then, whereas now, yeah. you know... You can just speak to it. You can speak to celebrities on any day of the week, aren't you? It's like a normal thing, and most of the time, most of the time they <laughs> reply anyway. Yeah. So, like it was, it was, yeah, it was, it was a big thing back then.
0: How old were you when you got cast for that?
1: Twenty. I got approached for it when I was twenty-four. Right. And I turned twenty-five before just before the first season came out. Yeah, it was. Marked. So it
0: was kind of perfect timing, though, wasn't it? If you set up your own shop at twenty-one, mm. done that that work, got your confidence. Yeah kind of transferred your reputation from yeah. Wales to Ellesmere Park. Absolutely. Yeah. And then that's and did it really kind of like put like push your business further th- forward by being
1: Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And that's the reason I did it. Like I wasn't trying like I say this a lot, you know, I wasn't trying to be on TV to be famous for being famous. You know, I wanted to be a famous tattooist. I wanted yeah. to showcase what I can do um and to build my profile for my business, which is what I've done. Yeah. So yeah, yeah. That, that was that was the goal. So um, it wasn't particularly like all the stuff that came with being famous, like the, the bonuses of being like award shows and red cards and stuff like that it was just like all luxury yeah, bonuses yeah, yeah, to yeah. me. I wasn't planning on doing that, but like um, yeah, it was it, yeah, it completely like has helped my business grow massively.
0: And at that age, at twenty-five, so you're you're a business owner. Yeah, you're kicking it off. You're working hard behind the scenes to move it forward. Mm-hmm. Then you're on TV. Yeah. So as much as those two things, even like by themselves, a lot of pressure. Yeah. A lot of stress associated with that. Many people kind of don't see like the things that so many people aspire to do, yeah. but don't see behind the scenes. Mm, yeah. Um. What if? Well, not what affects, but like the pressure that comes with it. Yeah. How do you manage those? The pressure, the stress.
1: Um. I'm quite. A chilled character, anyway. So I, I can understand, like you know, getting in the public eye. You know yourself, like when people s- just start knowing who you are, it's weird. It, like for me, it was a weird because I'm just a normal lad from yeah from, from Abigail. So like um, to to then go from just being a normal tattooist to then like I mean, most of the UK who watch tattoo fixes, you know, a million viewers a night it was getting suddenly just know who you are. You walk out in the street and everybody, yeah, yeah, yeah. you think. Wow, this is weird. And it's funny because when you're a kid, you're told not to talk to strangers, (laughs) right? So it's still in your mind. You know, sometimes you just start talking. Yeah, (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, I'm just like, people coming up to me, and I'm like, it took me a while to get used to just people staring at me and and saying, all right, to me, who I don't know. It was like, it was a bit weird and a bit like you'd walk down the street and be on the phone, and there'd be some lad staring at you, thinking, what's he staring at? And then next me, you go, all right, Jane. I go, oh, right, you're right, you're right, mate. And I think, oh, he noticed me off the telly. That's what it is. So that took me a while to get used to. Um, yeah, <clears throat> it was weird, but I didn't, I don't really, I didn't feel no pressure. I, I honestly didn't feel pressure because I'm just doing what I do anyway yeah. on TV. So it wasn't like I'd gone on something else or like a reality TV show and was trying to be a character or show off. A different side mm. you know trying to be somebody that i'm not I, i've literally just gone on a tv show and especially on because i'm not in front of a crowd or anything i'm literally in a in a room like this in a yeah. studio with people that i know i've learned to know yeah. um and they were my friends who i'm tattooing with so it's just like having banter in my studio but just there's just cameras there and then the next minute it's only changes when you walk outside everything else was normal so i'm just completely me on the tv and then I got outside and everyone's like, the hardest thing is the expectation that everyone has of you suddenly because they watch the show, they see you, they think they know you. And then the expectation of when, you know, you could be having a bad day, you could be having a, you know, any sort of day and you could walk outside and someone wants you to be off Jay off Tattoo Fixers because that's their moment. They've met you for the first time. And I'm always kind and polite to anyone that meets you. I've never, ever been rude to anybody and I would never be. But that's the only thing I think is difficult that you almost then have to switch into, mm. oh, because that's their first time meeting yeah. you and you don't want to give off a, a bad impression of and, and come across like something you're not. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? So that was difficult-ish, but not that bad. I wasn't that stressed by it.
0: How many series <coughs> did you do?
1: I did six. So I did six. I think there was eight in total. Yeah, I think they did two more after I left and now they don't do it anymore, but yeah. I think that's down to COVID happening and stuff like that. <laughs> But yeah, it was good. I Enjoyed it. It was a good time.
0: And leaving it. What was it like leaving it behind?
1: Fine. I was comfortable. I I thought about it for a while to be honest. I you know, I'd thought about leaving it for a while. So by the time I actually made the decision, I was comfortable. You know, I I'm not the type of person who would who would just make a decision off a whim. I've never been like that. I always think things through. Yeah. Um so I was totally comfortable with the the decision I made. So by the time I actually left, I was cool with it. So and I wanted the show to do well after. You know, some people Think you know about you wanted it to I didn't want it to sink, I wanted it to. You know, I'd help create it, I helped build cool. it, you yeah. know what I mean. So, the last thing I'd want it to do is just plummet, yeah. you know what I mean. So, no, it was and it has, it's 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 known as like one of the biggest tattoo shows that's ever been in the UK, if not the biggest. Yeah. I think it is the biggest, to be honest.
0: L- looking back, what were your main reasons for leaving?
1: Um, a lot of things, really. I'd, I'd, I'd there was a lot of things going on behind the scenes, but more so. I'm constantly doing cover ups and any tattooist will tell you this, is that there's nothing like tattooing fresh skin. Like I can only work, if I'm tattooing over something, I can only make that new tattoo look as good as I can with something underneath it, which means I have to manipulate it to cover something, which means it might be darker in certain places that it wouldn't yeah. be if I was to do it fresh. It can't be perfect. So it can't, no, it can't be perfect in most cases. So I'd got to the point, I was never at my studio I was always down there filming. So I never got time to be at my studio. So that was never there. I was never there. And doing cover-ups. And I just felt like my tattooing got a bit stagnant because that's all I'm doing. So I wanted to go away and I wanted to show what I can actually do. Like the reason why
0: you went on it. Yeah, the the reason I went on it. Yeah.
1: And as much as I was showcasing a lot of my work, I was showcasing my work as a cover-up tattoo artist. And really, I'm a portrait realism tattoo artist. So I went away and thought, I just want to take my tattooing to the next level. And I feel like that's what I've done.
0: Brilliant. Yeah. So when people come to On Tattoo fixes, it's because they have a tattoo that they regret or yeah. something like that. What's the worst ones you've seen? Oh,
1: God. I mean, in terms of the quality of them being done, they're all as bad as each other pretty much. The, the, none of them are the good. <laughs> but it's the stories more than anything. Yeah. It's like the stories, that, that's what makes it. But, I mean... <clears throat> I mean, there was a guy that like he bought a T-shirt from somewhere, and it was like he had a big like tire mark down it. This white T-shirt that had a big tire mark down it, so it looked like he'd been run over. He had it tattooed on his <laughs> body. It was about it was about the size of my leg. It was about this wide. It went straight up him. Big tire mark. And what I was, was
0: his reason or memory or thing you wanted to remember about that tire mark? Why was it?
1: So- he just liked the T-shirt. So then, and then he got it <laughs> tattooed on him, and then he was like. Yeah, can, can you do? I was like, no, mate. <laughs> there's nothing I can do with that. You'll have to get that lasered off. Like, there's nothing I can do with it. Impossible. Like, because it's so black. It was just a black tire mark. I'm <laughs> oh like, I'm thinking, I just, I know, I know, I can work miracles, but I can't in this situation. Yeah, <laughs> that's yeah so that's one of the worst. But then it's the stories like behind some of them. You just, just, I can't even believe some people come on TV and just openly Same. come out with some of the stuff they do but, you know, each to their own, isn't it? It makes great TV.
0: Yeah. <laughs> um, do you... Re- I know we spoke about yours, but do you really regret any of them?
1: No, I can't say I regret them. Like, I I look at some of them and think, oh, you know, I wish I could start again, but not in a regretful way. I just... Because I'm not that bothered. Like, yeah. I don't care. I'm past caring, to be honest. Like, I mean, now I've got so much shit on my chest and stomach now that it's like, it's almost looked like... I look like a drawing pad, honestly, because I've got, <laughs> like, so much incoming and... Then, my brother started a cover-up on me, which I haven't got any further with, just because I can't be all sitting for the pain. And and so and at the point now, I'm just like, I don't even look at them.
0: What, so you've got a half-done cover-up? Yeah, I mean, effect. you can
1: sort of see, like, can you see loads, loads of... I mean, you couldn't tell what that is if I showed it you now, could you? You can't see what anything no. is there. Nothing. No. And that's that's what I look like. <laughs> <laughs> so if I go on holiday. Do you know what's funny? I go on holiday, right? Uh, yeah. And I've took my top off, and people, like, especially I go to America, right? And I've been to like pool parties in Vegas, and I've had people come up to me and go, Oh my God, your tattoos are amazing. I'm like, Are you blind? What are you looking at?
0: That's so funny. Do you think though people expect, well, I think they would expect because of your job and you've been on the TV, you've been expert in it to have like the most prestigious, well, not prestigious, but the best ones going. But actually, the flip side is funnier.
1: Yeah, but yeah, probably. But I used to work with a tattooist. <clears throat> who'd been tattooing 30 years and he looked like a proper tattooist. He's bald-haired, big guy, tattoos all over his head and stuff like that. And he, one of the first things he ever said to me when I was 18, I started tattooing, he goes, you're not a real tattooist unless you're covered in shit. <laughs> <laughs> that's what he said to me. And I was like, yeah. so I guess that makes me a real yeah, tattooist. Yeah, so you
0: didn't feel, yeah. And you had to practice. <laughs> yeah,
1: that's it. So, yeah.
0: Um, Talking about regrets in a more broader sense. Yeah. Looking back in your life, is there anything that you regret? Wow.
1: Well, I don't regret. Not really. I can't really, because I think, you know, it's made me who I am. And I'm happy with who I am. So that's the biggest thing for me is if I'm happy with who I am, then everything good and bad has shaped me to be this person. So.
0: I get that. I suppose one of the reasons why I'm doing this podcast is to kind of talk about how people's journeys, and yeah. sort of things going wrong, things not turning out that they, you know, the way you wanted. Yeah, things not going your way actually yeah. can be a blessing in disguise yeah. because maybe you learn something from it, Absolutely. or it redirects you into another path that yeah. is actually better for you. Yeah, have you had anything like that happen? Yeah, load.
1: I'd I, like I, nothing's perfect, you know. Like I've had loads of failures in my life, like loads of them. I've been through some right, you know. I've had so much like good things happen. I've had such a Great life, and I've had so much like success and stuff like that. And I've also had some really shit, dark things happen in life, you know, and some really bad times. But you know, that's life at the end of the day, as well, isn't it? You know, and it's not going to be perfect no matter what. You know, yeah. you can have all the success in the world, that doesn't make your life perfect, you know. So, you know, and all these things shape you to be who you are. And it's, I think it's in terms of confidence, I think. You know, every experience you have, good and bad, for me, the thing I've learned, and that's what, what builds my confidence, is how you've reacted to everything that's happened yeah. to you. You know, how you you overcome the stuff that happens to you, more so the bad stuff. It's all right to be looking like you've got the perfect life when everything's going good, but what, what are you like as a person when everything's going yeah. bad? Like, when everything's not going your way, what, what, how do you react to things? Like, I just don't, I just don't quit, never. Like it's not even like it's not a, a negotiable thing that's even on the table for me, like no matter how bad anything is i wouldn't I wouldn't give up or give up on myself either, so like I think that's maybe like why I've got through some of the stuff mm-hmm. I've got through really
0: I think yeah. it's that thing of um when bad things are happening or when you've got... Or you're feeling bad, actually. It doesn't necessarily have to feel like it's a bad thing if you're going through moments where yeah. you're feeling low or you just don't feel yourself. or mm. You know, I think th- something I've definitely learned is those feelings will actually pass. Yeah, yeah. It's kind of just sitting with them and riding it through and yeah. knowing, actually, you might be feeling like this or, like, it will, with time, change. Yeah. And it's just kind of having that belief and belief in the process. Yeah, it is. Whatever absolutely. needs to be done to get through it.
1: Yeah, I remember watching a thing, actually... Um, if Tom, Tom Hanks was talking about this and he was saying that, you know, time's your ally. And yeah. that's so true. You know, you know what, what's happening now in the moment can be the the worst thing, yeah. you know. But, you know, there's, if you just ride it out, like, just one step at a time. I, f- I find that, like, um, you know, I know I've told you this before, you know, obviously know my dad passed away a couple of years ago. Yeah. And I think that that's, like, the worst thing that's ever happened to me. So, like, and one thing I did at that time was... Just put one foot in front of the other. I didn't think too far ahead. I was, like, taking today Today for, t- get through today and tomorrow. I didn't think about past tomorrow. Like, it was, like, today and tomorrow. What am I doing? Right, I've got to do this. This is what I've got to do today and tomorrow. I don't think about the weekend. I don't think what's happening next week. One step at a yeah. time. And the next minute, you know, you're two, years, you're two years down the line and you're in a different position, you know?
0: Sounds like your dad had a major part in your life. Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah, yeah. My dad's, like... Just to, in my opinion, he's the greatest man to ever live. So, um, yeah, he was, he was like my best mate. So, yeah, that changed that changed my life. Yeah, you know. But you know, like I said, you know, when you go through dark times and things like that, they shape who you are, and, yeah. and then you find you do you find out a lot about yourself in when bad things are happening. Yeah.
0: It's that process of grief, isn't it? Yeah. It's, it's just, it's unique to everyone. It's like... Absolutely, yeah. Just moving forward... Yeah. ...is sometimes all you can do.
1: Yeah, absolutely, yeah. It's... Like I said, for me, giving up is not an option. So, like, what do I do then? Okay, well, I've got I've got X, Y, Z to do. I've got responsibilities. I've got to take care of this, mm. you know. The thing is, as well, the thing I've learned about that situation is that life does not give a shit about how you feel. Yeah. It really doesn't. Like, yeah. so, like... You know, it'd be easy. It would have been easy for me to just sit there and, you know, constantly cry about it and get really low and 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 stop going to work and not get out of bed and all this stuff. But then everything else that I've built up starts failing. Yeah. And then next thing you know, you are in a worse rut than you are already in. Yeah. So, you know, I I knew that I had responsibilities. You know. <laughs> The mortgage, you, you know, people don't care about. My dad passed away. Yeah, of course. Don't, don't care. Know. You know, you know all, anyone that I owe bills to, like, don't care. Oh, your dad's passed away. You still want the money. You know, I've still got to go to work. I've still got to get up. I've still got to do these things. Yeah. I've still got to take care of people, you know. So I just had to keep going. And that's just the way it is. That's just, yeah.
0: Going through something like that as well when you're young, I think, like as you describe it, what you take from it as well. Yeah. Like, you know how strong you are now. Yeah. You know what you can, like, carry on your shoulders and still keep moving forward. And yeah. Also doing things that are, like, uncomfortable, like the lack... You don't want to deal with grief. You don't want to deal with feeling yeah. like that and going to what you don't want to deal with. Yeah. Things. But actually, because you just do... Yeah. ...anything then that comes in your way in the future that... Is in uh, hopefully no nothing will be as bad as that. Mm. But even the small things which previously be like will be overwhelming. Yeah, you know exactly how to deal with them, exactly how yeah. to move forward. So
1: yeah, I, f- I find that to be fair. Like and like, I always compare everything to losing my dad. Now I think it's not as bad as losing my dad. I got through it, and I'm going through that. So you know, if anything goes not go doesn't go my way, I just think yeah, well I got through that, so I can get through this.
0: Did you have any support or counselling or anything like that?
1: Professional sport? You mean no, no. I don't need it. Like if if I'm honest, like it's just a personal thing. I just don't feel like I needed it. I'm not knocking it for anyone that wants, you know, thinks they do need it. You should go if you feel like you need that. You should definitely go. I just didn't feel like I needed it. You know, I, I feel for me. I just feel like no one knows me better than me. Like it's only me in here, so I know all the thoughts I have. I know how to. Rationalize the way yeah. I'm feeling. I know why I'm feeling this way. I know how to deal with the way I'm feeling. I know that I need to let it out. I need to. I need. I might need to vent. Then I need to move on. For me, it's like let it out, move on. Let it out, move on. Yeah, and keep doing that until the gaps between the let it out get longer, and that's what happens over time to the point where you get like it's for me. Like now, like I, It still doesn't even feel real that like my dad's not here, but at the same time. I'm getting more used to the fact that he's not here because I've been through all the first stages yeah. of everything. Like the first of everything is always the hardest, you know. So like, like my dad's a was a mad even I'm saying my dad is like. yeah. <laughs> No, my dad was a, a mad Liverpool fan. So am I. We used to, I'd never been to Anfield to a game without him. So when he passed away, I couldn't even watch Liverpool mm-hmm. for like a year. I couldn't even watch them on the TV, and so it took me a long time to even go back there. And the first time was always the hardest. Now I've been back three or four times and it's still hard every time, but it's a different hard now because I've created a couple of new memories going there without him. So I'm I'm sure that the more I do that, the more I'll get used to it a bit more and it won't be as hurtful and I'll enjoy it more, you know? And it's like the same thing, you know, something happens, I think, oh, i ring my dad and I think, I can't, first time. Next time I get a bit more used to that. And just over a long, like, again, times your ally, you get used to it a bit more, yeah. I suppose. And that's, I think, you'd never get over it, but it's just something you carry with you forever and you get used to it a little bit-ish.
0: Yeah. Yeah. It's really hard. Anything like that, it's just when... Also, <clears throat> I imagine, like, it was, it was a shock, wasn't it, when he passed away?
1: Yeah, it was sudden. Yeah, he had a heart attack, so it was really... Like, it wasn't... Not
0: that it's any easier if it's a long tour. No, when no. It's just, like, all of a sudden it's just dealing with...
1: I don't know which one's harder. I don't think any of them are harder than the other. Like, it's, like, it's mm. hard if he was suffering. That'd be, that be That's horrible. I've seen that happen to people I love, yeah. you know? And so... But then, you know, the day he passed away, I, did, I, didn't, I, I didn't know he was going to pass away. So, like, I was with him an hour before he did as well. So... Uh, and there was no sign of it. There was no sign, yeah. like, he was fine. So, when that happened, it was just... It's just a shock to the system, so yeah, it's uh, it's a weird one. So, but then I've experienced it in different aspects as well. You know, like two, well, two weeks before that, my granddad passed away as well of a heart attack suddenly. Two weeks before that, yeah. So that was two that were just gone like that suddenly, and then within the next year, my auntie passed away of uh, she had cancer. So right. that was that was on the opposite side then. So then you you see the flip side of each things. You know, like how it being quick and how it being dragged yeah. out as well. And so you just get you when these things happen, you have a proper different perspective on life when it happens. It changes who you are. And um
0: All of that happened at once though is pretty tough. Yeah. Yeah,
1: yeah There's was a lot going on at once yeah. at one time. Yeah, it was a it was a heavy time. But um yeah, I just again I was just like, Well, you know, I don't I don't even know how. I just, just did took each day as it came yeah. and that was it. And I think that's all you can do really. Because if you think too far ahead, it it can become overwhelming. I think that's where people get too, you know, down and it it swallows them up. And, like,
0: thinking about doing things, like, because everyone likes planning stuff, don't they? I'm going to go on this holiday. We'll do this at Christmas. You go to Anfield. Yeah. And then you'll start thinking, and then you'll be like, it's not going to be the same. Yeah. I'm going to really miss my dad or this is what I used to do with them. It's kind of... It's just dealing with... And that's not going to go away, is it? No, when no, you that's get it. just
1: better. Yeah, you just, like I said, you just get... It's just you get used to that person's not there now. Yeah. Um, but it never... Yeah, it doesn't feel any better. It never... Like, you never get to the point where you think, I'm all right now. It's never like that. It, you just carry it with you constantly, and it's just a, like a... It's a daily thing. You just carry it with you. Like, I wake up... The first thing I think about when I wake up in the morning is my dad. Like, And you know, it, the moment I open my eyes, I realise he's not here. So... And then you have to, to think, right... Oh yeah, that's it again now. And then it's just every day. Yeah, every day. Yeah, every single day. And it's like, for, like my mum, my brother, are the same. You know, this, we all feel the same things. You know, it's exactly the same. So we all talk about this between us. Like, but you, the one thing we don't do is let ourselves get dwell and get down on it too much. Yeah. We have our moments with each other and, and or alone and stuff like that. And then, but we always talk about it, and then we just move on. Move and forward. That probably, probably makes you move so much
0: closer in a different way, doesn't it?
1: Well, the thing is we've always been so close and like, you know, the fo- me, my mum, my, my dad and my brother, it's always been us four. It's always been so now that my dad's not there, it's, it's really weird. But um, you know, we've got like I remember when my dad passed away and people were saying, you know, oh yeah, but you've got great memories. And I remember thinking at that time, what the fuck is yeah, that get, Like yeah. do, but actually now as time goes on, they they do bring they make me sad as well, obviously, but, like, they bring me so much comfort as well because imagine if I had negative memories. The whole thing would be ne- even more negative than it is from just losing my dad. Yeah. Imagine if I had negative memories. I don't have great memories, which obviously is, if like, a, <laughs> a balancing act of being sad and think. but I'd rather have happy memories than sad ones, yeah. you know? And so, yeah, it just uh, changes your whole life and your whole perspective on it. But, you know... It is life at the end of the yeah. day, you know. So you got, to, but you just got to keep going no matter what. So
0: with other things like, just thinking, what I can follow that with? <laughs> <laughs> deep, <laughs> <was> like, right? <laughs> like, right. That, okay. So let's,
1: let's <laughs> yeah, we got deep there. <laughs> um, um,
0: just generally, though, I suppose. Um, yeah. In your general life, <laughs> <laughs> um, stress relief. How do you manage stress? What do you do, like practically?
1: So. I do, I do jiu-jitsu and MMA and I think actually that's one of the big things that's really helped me like massively because I threw myself into it like I train all the time like even whether it be weights jiu-jitsu MMA boxing tie boxing whatever like I train six days a week and I have to do it like it's, yeah. it's just part of it's just my thing that I do and it I don't know if, maybe it's a like coping mechanism I don't know but like I, it's just the do you know what it was it's funny actually without going back and forth to the situation, about having being been neggy. Um, <laughs> I, I remember at the time thinking, I still was going to the gym and I was still doing all these things. Because I remember thinking, I want to not do anything. That's how I really felt. I really thought, I, I can't be arsed doing anything. I don't want to do anything. I want to eat shit and I want to do nothing. But I thought, I can't do that because if I just do that for long enough, this oh. situation will be worse, and I don't want the last thing I want to do is look walk past the mirror and go, "You look like shit and all." <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> do you, oh, know God. Want, do yeah. you know what? I want to just keep myself in the best shape I can possibly be in, and then I'll I'll be able to deal with things mentally better and stuff yeah. like that as well. So that's what I did. I just threw myself into training constantly, and that's all I've done. Like, I, I go to work, I tattoo. I spend all my time with my family and friends. Like that's another thing. I spend most of my time with my family and friends and I train all the time. And it's just something I have to do. Yeah. And it just just works for me completely. It's
0: so that habits, isn't it? The habits yeah. that you create and you continually do them, even the yeah. small ones. Yeah. And what I read something yesterday about like you're you're your basically a product of the five main habits that you do. Yeah. And that's like no matter what they are every day. Yeah. So having those Sort of actions that you do consistently, and it's the consistency and the discipline. Yeah, and often, it's often many things that you sacrifice for yeah. them. But yeah, but is what molds into who you are.
1: Absolutely, yeah. And you know, it—you know, when you—I—I I wanted to turn the feeling of how shit it feels into something positive. So, like, I, I don't want to be—I would hate for people to have, you know, seen me like a year or so down the line, and be like, "What the fuck happened to you?" Yeah, you know, what I mean, I—I I wanted to people, you know. Not that I wanted people to. I just, I just didn't want people to say that, basically. Yeah. So I wanted to just prove to myself as well that that I could get through it, you know. So I did. So that's what I used to do. I just used to train and do that. And it's, it is like a release for me to be honest. Yeah. And you know, I post funny enough. I find a lot of Instagram and social media is quite fake. Well, it's very fake. You know, you see a lot of people, they're posting things like they're on holiday. When they're not on holiday, they're in England, but they're posting pictures like they're now. <laughs> yeah. And it, it's actually messing with a lot of people's minds, They think, because they're comparing cool. their lives to it, right? Yeah, my comparison Instagram, culture is... It's the worst. Whereas my Instagram and my social media, I feel is real. It's, it's, I'm, I'm posting what I'm doing. If it's a tattoo, I've done that tattoo. If I'm training, it's because I'm training. You know, I'm not posting a video where I'm training. I'm only doing it like once a month. I'm training five days, five yeah. six days a week, whether it be weights, jiu-jitsu, whatever. So, and I get people messaging me all the time saying, "Are you are you training for a fight or something?" I'm like, "No, no, no, I'm not." I'm not like everyone thinks I'm do, like gonna do up some big fight. or It's nothing to do with that. I'm just showcasing yeah. what I'm doing. That's, I'm just training. I just train. That's what I do. And
0: yeah, and you're proud of your progression. If you kick it, if you continually stick to something, particularly yeah. like you say, if you're the bad times, the last thing you want to yeah. do is go and do that. Yeah. And then you just do it relentlessly so that yeah. then, because you've done it when the times yeah. have been so shit and you've not wanted to go. Yeah, that's when it. You, when it's like, okay, like I'm going to go tonight, then you just do it. Yeah. you're delighted it's not as bad as it. And
1: I'd say that's what builds confidence is is doing the things you don't want to do when yeah. you have to do them. Like, I don't, I, I, you know, like I, I come home from work, I've been working all day it's raining outside, the yeah. last thing I want to do is drive all the way to Liverpool and then get beaten up, you know? Yeah. <laughs> you know? So, but, I never walk out of the gym and think, Wish well, I didn't do yeah. that. It's always been a positive. Also, so it's your job
0: though when you're tattooing? Mm. You're concentrated mm. for absolutely ages and yeah. that you you must be, you know, tune in a part of your brain. Yeah. You've got to consistently do, like, even when I'm doing aesthetics and stuff like that, I'm like, I've done Botox and Filling Now so many times that, I kind of just know what I'm doing. You just doing know what you're doing, it. yeah. But I'm doing it in short bursts. And in that time, I'm like speaking to the patient, catching up with them. Doing yeah. I think it's for me, I've got to really nail it yeah. in a small amount of time. And that's yeah. that's broken down into making sure the medication's correctly done, making sure everything's fine with them. But it's a process that I've learned. Yeah. Not putting something on somebody's body that they're going to have forever.
1: But yeah, but still, like, you, you can't mess that up because that's someone's, Yeah. you know, someone's image at the end of the day. It's the same thing in lots of ways. Like, it, I know this is permanent, which is a bit different, but you still have that pressure of not Mm. fucking up someone's image, you know, because, you know, doing what you do and doing what I do, like, it can change the way people look at themselves, you know, completely. So you can either knock their confidence or build it. So you've got to be on the ball with it. And there is that pressure with it, which, you know, people don't really see.
0: I think it is as well, just with me, if I'm doing that type of work all day, particularly when I'm doing GP work, which is a different type, but much more intense. Yeah. Like, now, I don't know if it's just me just getting old, my brain's just saturated with it. Yeah. So doing, But I can't sit still after it. No. So going to the gym or doing something, but I couldn't do something that's, like, really um, requires me to think too much. <laughs> like, it's got to be something yeah. that I can just put my body into it because my mind's <coughs> tired. Yeah. But it, but I, at me as a whole being, I yeah. have to still be doing something.
1: Yeah. And because, obviously, you've done it for so long and the repetition of it, it just comes back yeah. You don't even have to think about it practically. Yeah. yeah. Like, I, like people say to me when, you know, like, I d- see, I, like, I do portraits and people, I think, look at the stuff I do and people say, uh, you know, do you feel pressure doing that? You Because know, I might be tattooing someone's child who's passed away, you know, yeah. a picture of that or someone's mum and dad's passed away. I do a lot of memorial pieces and everyone's like, do you not feel the pressure? And I don't feel an ounce of pressure, not a single ounce. I feel like I could do it with my eyes closed if it was possible, you know. Like yeah. because I've done it for so long and it's been like I mean I've drawn portraits since I can remember, since my earliest memories that like, I could pick up a pencil, I was drawing faces. So like, I'm so like trained in it that it just comes naturally. Yeah. And like my I, I can just do it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like I don't even know like people get like what what you got any tips or tricks? And I think
0: you can just do it or you can't. Yeah,
1: it. I just... It's not...
0: Yeah, I think I mean, it is that simple. There is.
1: It's a bit of both. Like, I yeah.
0: literally couldn't... If you ask me to draw now with someone's face, you... I, well, first of all, it won't look any <laughs> It's a five-year-old to draw it. That's it's definitely a fact. And secondly, like, it's a something about... My brain can be so technical and just get things like that yeah. where other people just can't. But actually, it'll just be like a circle and, like, the eyes and, like, that'll be it. And that'll be the same for everyone, even though... Yeah. There's nothing wrong. with My eyes
1: and <laughs> <at you. laughs> Yeah, I think it's just. Yeah, it's just the the way your brain works, isn't it? I think, and you know, because I think some people say, you know, you're born with stuff, and yeah, I obviously was. Like, I, I mean. You can be born with a talent, but you've yeah. got to you've got to make that talent. You've got to practice at what you at what you're good at. Otherwise, it goes to waste.
0: That's a really good point, actually. I think going back to the beginning when we were talking about your dad <coughs> and saying to you, "You're special, and you mm. have that talent that yeah. you recognize at that time." Do you think then, if you'd have not heard those words and you've not recognized it yourself, because you can be talented. Loads of people are, you know a talent needs to be nurtured and yeah. it needs to be directed as well, yeah. and and the talent has to line up with the behaviour of how you yeah. showcase and manage it in some yeah. ways. Yeah, Otherwise, there's no point, haven't it?
1: No, yeah, of course, yeah. Like, even when I was 16 in school, I've told this story loads of time, but uh, my art teacher gave me a C in art and an F of grade of five, which is the worst you could get. And, really? Yeah, and I remember God getting it thinking... Be pretty good at art then. <laughs> I remember thinking, that's not true, you know. I, yeah.
0: Because
1: I wasn't into, like, clay modelling and all that sort of stuff. But, I mean, long story short, I used to draw portraits every night. And my dad seen this report and was like, Well, that's not right. You know, and then I had Parents Evening, went to Parents Evening, went over to her, she didn't even know my name. She was like, Who are you? I said, Oh, I'm Jamie Hutton. And she was like, Do I teach you? And I was like, And my dad was like, Well, funny you should say that. Look at this. I would like my portfolio of all my drawings I'd done since I was like four till till that age. And he was like, Yeah, and she was like, Oh, was looking for him, and he was like, and she was just trying to put it away. And he was like, No, 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 keep looking at it. Look at this one. And he was going, Tell me you could draw better than him in this school give me an example of one person that can draw better than him in the school. But as he's saying those things, I'm believing it. I'm yeah, thinking, well, yeah, probably actually, big... show me as well. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So yeah, I just, yeah, I believed anything he'd say like that. So yeah, that, I think, I don't know. Well,
0: surely he would have believed it, otherwise he wouldn't be saying it in that way. So oh no, like, yeah. he knew.
1: Yeah, he knew. Yeah, he knew that I had the talent for it uh, more so than I did. So, but I'd suppose that like, from hearing it from my dad, yeah. you know, and the people, you you believe things from people that you respect. You know, if you look up to someone and you respect their knowledge on something and you're trying to learn that, when they tell you you're good at something or you're bad at something, you believe it yeah. whether it's good or bad. So if, yeah, yeah, you just, it's who you look up to. That's important.
0: And I suppose, well, going back to what you're talking about, building confidence in. I suppose one thing I've learned as well, not necessarily about confidence, but about self-belief. So yeah. I often used to think, what actually does that mean? Mm. Self-belief. And I think yeah. what I've worked out in my head and is that if you kind of keep promises to yourself, like even little things, like my alarm goes off at half six in the morning. i like, I don't want to get up. Yeah. I don't need to be in work until like 9.30, things like that. Yeah. And, but I make myself get up, yeah. go to the gym, do the things that I don't necessarily in that moment could, like, talk myself out, self yeah. out of. Yeah. But over time, these little things are doing what you say you're going to do, even if you don't want to do it. Yeah. Like I said, I was going to go and support, like my friend Gareth's sister the other week in, in Hull, I'd said I'd go and support this strictly come dancing thing. Yeah. I didn't really, at the time, after, you know, really, hectic time want to do that. Yeah. But I've said I'm doing it, so I'm doing it. Yeah. And it's how you, your reputation to yeah. yourself is.
1: Yeah. And it, that, the thing is, it's another thing I about things like Dad used to say. It, you know, and this always sticks with me, and it's so true. You can't run away from yourself. So, you know, you could have said, yeah, I'll come to that, and then think on the day, oh, yeah, I can't be honest, and then make an excuse. But in your head you know you make an excuse and you feel bad because yeah. you did say you and would feeling and feeling let bad. someone down. Let
0: them, letting them down would have been way worse than me just being a bit tired on the train. Yeah,
1: exactly. And then you do it and you think, you know, you've proved to yourself, I didn't want to do that, but I pushed through and I went and I've made someone happy and I, I stayed true to the commitment I made as well. And that's what gives you confidence in yourself. Yeah. And that, the thing is, you've got to trust yourself and that's how you build trust in yourself. Yeah. It's all those little things yeah,
0: exactly that, that yeah. make you
1: trust yourself and your decision-making so that when the big things come around, you've done all the small work, yeah. but they've actually built up to the big decisions and you think, well, do you know what? I've made all these things and they've worked. I can do this as well. Yeah. And that's how you build trust. Because
0: I think out. words like that get thrown around so much, Don't particularly to your point before about social media. Yeah. Like all this kind of... Self-love and optimizing yourself, which which is great, mm. but actually it's going. What what does that mean? What yeah. when you're saying be more confident, have self-belief, do these things? It's actually doing the back work of going. Yeah. And maybe you know the, uh, that is just my interpretation. There could yeah. be many other variations depending on the person, what their life, yeah. lifestyle, etc. Is, but I think. It's that in your head to know I can say I've got self-belief. That's it. And it's only because I can look behind me and say, right, well, actually, in all these situations, these things have happened, and I now trust myself again. Yeah. That if anything like that happens again, yeah. I actually, it wouldn't, and I wouldn't even really have to think it wouldn't make, it wouldn't knock me as much because yeah. I'd just be able to take it in my stride.
1: Exactly, but like you, you have to consistently prove to yourself that you are who you say you are. For me, it's like a case of I live by thinking don't be full of shit don't talk and say you're going to do something you're not going to do yeah because there's so many people that do that you know you've got to. you don't try and pretend to be something you're not because you will get found out eventually in some way or another because you can't hold a mask over forever yeah. so like like i remember when i got on tattoo fixes you know one of the cameramen said to me you know just be yourself because the camera will always see through it and i thought yeah. well, that's yeah. that is true yeah, yeah and that's what i'm like i I am what you see on camera that's just who i am you know and i don't ever try and pretend to be something i'm not because you can't keep that mask going forever like you, you, imagine like imagine consistently portraying being someone that you're not and then having to keep up that act 24 yeah. well, 7 it's impossible it is and eventually someone that's what i mean someone will figure you out and be like oh he's not like that you know
0: and also all those things actually if you if that if you were doing that and act, being someone that you're not or being completely untrue to yourself yeah. the person having that reputation is way worse than however bad you thought you were initially
1: exactly exactly and th- i think that you know there'd be nothing worse than getting to the end of your life and looking back on your life and think that you just played a character your whole life like and just yeah. were fake the whole time and like Ah, you do, it's it's all saying it like you'd rather be hated for who you are than like for who you're yeah. not. And that's yeah. that is so true. Like
0: You know what's funny as well with that Jay, I think we are kind of talking about people who are like doing it to their advantage or you know in a negative way, but some people actually try cuz they don't believe in themselves enough. Yeah. Put on this fake life to please yeah. others. Yeah. And then all the time you're just living someone else's life. Yeah. And I think that is just as bad.
1: But the thing is, you can't fake real self believe that you, you you can you can fake it but like you can't this is why <clears throat> you have to you have to prove to yourself like every day you have to prove to yourself that you are who you say you are because like you said you, you're not truly happy if you're yeah. portraying a character that you're not and you are faking it because you don't believe in yourself you have to create believing in yourself i, I that's what i think you know yeah. you know what it's like it's doing the things you don't want to do the hard stuff that you just think i really don't want to do that you know, there's times, I, like, when I first started training in uh, martial arts, like, the last thing I wanted to do was go around and get battered, you know? Like, <laughs> but that was why I did it, because I didn't want to do it. Like, I didn't want to do it. Like, I thought, you know, what can I do around? Go, you know, think I can have a go. if I, You know, if I'm out somewhere and someone came up to me and started on me for nothing, could I handle myself? In my head, I thought I could, but not until I walked into martial arts yeah, and yeah. realised I actually <laughs> couldn't, you know what I mean? Yeah. You know, then 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 you start thinking, well, actually... In my head, it's a bit full of shit. Then, so I go there, I learn, and I think oh, I want to learn this now. And then you prove to yourself every time you go. I think tonight's going to be a hard night. Yeah. You know, I don't really want to get punched. In the, I don't want to get punched in the face, but I do. I'll go and do it because I don't want to do it. So because I know that when I leave, I'll go. learn <laughs> in there. That's uh,
0: yeah. It's a bit extreme, but my. <laughs> <laughs> it's just yeah. the way I am. Yeah. <laughs> I know. Yeah. Right, Jay, just to wrap things up. So yeah. in terms of confidence or confidence tips or things that you can give, yeah. not necessarily practical advice, but mm. um, I know we've covered a lot on it already. Yeah, But just to, what advice would you give other people?
1: Um, if, you, if there's something you, like you're struggling with to get through, put one foot in front of the other and don't think too far ahead. One day at a time, one step at a time. You know, think about the things you have to do that, that day. And the next day, and don't think past it. That's how you. That's how how you get through things long term. Um, for building confidence, uh, it depends on. I think every every situation is different, and everyone's lives are different, and what it is. Particularly, yeah. that they're struggling. You know, if someone's getting bullied, I'd say go and learn martial arts. One of the best things you could do, even just if you don't want to be fight, be a fighter. Just learn. Comp- that'll give yeah, will so yeah, yeah, yeah. It's good to just know how to defend yourself. Um, yeah, yeah, I just think and doing. Just doing the right thing, like the right thing is the is normally the hardest thing to do. It's quite easy to do the wrong thing, yeah, and that's why most people choose to do the wrong thing because it's the easiest option, but by doing the right thing and taking the hard route and the hard option you you build that trust with yourself and prove to yourself that you know you are who you say you are and that you can be something and level up and become whoever yeah. you want to become yeah,
0: brilliant top tips. thank you so much that was really amazing to chat to you Thanks, thanks, thanks,
1: thanks for having me